You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. Hello, America, and happy Tuesday. I'll fallout, and I do mean a fallout, from the leak of apparently classified documents from the Pentagon is still being felt around the world. And we've got a great show for you. We have two of the country's premier security and intelligence experts with us, former United Nations ambassador and former National Security Advisor John Bolton is going to be here at the top of the show to talk about what's significant and a very small clue that he found in these leaked documents that may suggest that where they came from or who's involved in spreading them, the size of the paper, A4 size of paper, something to keep an eye on. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. And then the second half, Dan Hoffman, the former CIA officer, former station chief for the CIA in Moscow, one of the premier spy positions in all of the world for the U.S. government. He's going to join us to give us his take on it as well. So we've got two really great guests to really break down what's going on, what's happened. Let me bring you up to speed on what has really been going on here. We learned late last week that the Pentagon discovered that there had been hundreds of pages of secure files, classified documents, at least they appear to be classified documents, circulating online. These were discovered in early April. They appear to have details about the war in Ukraine, intercepted communications about some of our allies like Israel and South Korea that we were monitoring, not surprising, but embarrassing that they got out, and details of the American penetration of Russian military plans, among many other topics, is very important to understand that these began circulating on a little-known social media platform, social media app called Discord. There was a small group, and they began discussing and posting files in January. Get a load of this. The Pentagon did not notice them on Discord. Not in January, not in February. In early March, some more, several dozen more documents got reposted to a large audience. Still, they didn't get noticed Then some of the files were migrated to a much larger social community that's really focused on gaming, the Minecraft computer game, very popular decades-old game. The files moved to that community. From that community, they showed up on a Telegram account used by Russian propaganda, and that's when the United States government finally discovered them. So just think this through. For three, four months, the leak of very sensitive documents were sitting out in social media, sitting out in the open, and nobody noticed them. Nobody noticed them. 
So that is a big, big scandal brewing in America. This is a Pentagon that has spent a lot of time in the last few years focusing on pronouns and woke ideology and critical race theory and transgender agendas, and maybe not enough on securing its own documents. We had several breaches at the end of the Trump administration into the beginning of the Biden administration. Now this one sitting out there, some of the most embarrassing leaks we've ever seen, and perhaps one of the most significant leaks of classified U.S. documents in in a decade or more. We're going to talk about that with John Bolton. We're going to talk about that with Dan Hoffman, two amazing guests that are going to join us and referee this in just a few minutes. I want to get you up to speed on a couple of headlines before then. Very disturbing information about that document that we broke from the FBI a few weeks ago that showed that the FBI analysis unit was identifying people who go to Latin masses that prefer to celebrate the Latin mass if you're a Catholic, that they are potentially extremists. That's what the FBI was arguing. And they were encouraging field offices to spy on Catholics, to embed people in Catholic churches, a very scary thing. Well, Jim Jordan's had enough of it. He's seen some more, learned some more from whistleblowers and other things. So he is basically saying, you know what? I got an idea. How about I start an investigation and subpoena the FBI director, Chris Ray, And that is what he did last night. That is a big moment, a major escalation in the dispute between the two sides. Uh, very well could be the beginning of a very painful discovery process where we learn about the FBI's fascination with the Catholic Church. Why are they targeting a specific faith at this moment in our country's history? One of the things that you hear from Jim Jordan is that the FBI relied on information derived from at least one undercover employee and sought to use local religious organizations as new avenues for tripwire and source development. In other words, they were trying to penetrate Catholic parishes. That is something that is getting a lot of people's attentions right at this very moment and probably likely to continue throughout the next few days. Another story that I think uh, is a story I broke uh, in the last 24 hours, a lot of people talking about it, the National Archives, the National Archives and Records Administration has insisted for a long time now in refusing to answer questions from Congress saying it doesn't know anything about the FBI investigation into Donald Trump because it stopped dealing with it and really had nothing to do with it since it referred the matter to the FBI in February 22nd. In fact, they've sent letters to several committees, including Mike Turner, the House Intelligence Committee Chair, Jim Jordan, the House Judiciary Committee Chairman, James Comer, the House Oversight Committee Chairman, saying, hey, we just don't know anything after February. Well, new messages at the NARA, the National Archives, put out under FOIA raise some very troubling questions about that. For instance, as late as August 23rd, which is well after the Trump raid on Mar-a-Lago, you see NARA's representative to the Biden White House, John Laster, writing in a text message, need the case number for the FBI review. And then the colleague writes back, is it this number? This is the FBI review of the 15 boxes, meaning the 15 boxes seized from President Trump's office. And then Laster writes, correct. So clearly last August, eight, six, eight months after NARA claimed they had nothing more to do with it, there was there, but there's another moment. In April, 2022, two or three months after they said they exited stage right, NARA is working directly with the Biden White House and they get an instruction from the Biden White House to provide special access to the FBI to those 15 boxes of documents, the ones that are later referenced in the August exchanges. So the Biden White House, through its counsel's office, directly working with NARA to facilitate part of the FBI investigation. Both of those 
undercut the Naras claims to Congress. That is a story that is getting a lot of attention today as well. And finally, one other one that I think is pretty amazing. Uh, I think we're going to have some of the parents involved in this on the show in the next few weeks. But there are two teachers who were challenging the constitutionality of compelled anti-racism training, and they've been ordered to pay $313,000 in legal fees to their Missouri school district for bringing the lawsuit. The fine, which has been imposed by a judge, is being called by these teachers' lawyers overtly hostile and meant to scare off future lawsuits by parents and teachers. This is something that came through the Southeastern Legal Foundation, our good friend, Kimberly Herman, two teachers, Brooke Henderson and Jennifer Lumley. They've been told by U.S. District Judge Douglas Harpole that they must pay a six-figure repayment to the Springfield Public Schools for bringing their lawsuit. They're, of course, appealing it to the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals. Seems like a ridiculously high amount for being able to challenge something that a lot of people had concerns about. In fact, the state of Missouri had concerns about it. So those are a couple of the big stories moving on Just the News right now. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, former ambassador to the United Nations, former National Security Advisor John Bolton, here to talk about the major breach of Pentagon documents. That right after this commercial message. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 
G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon, Just the News family. folks welcome back to the commercial break so fortunate to have this next guest on one of the nation's most premier national security thinkers and leaders and with everything going on in the pentagon i thought it'd be really important to have a good conversation with him he's the former united nations ambassador former national security advisor he's ambassador john bolton ambassador good to have you on sir glad to be with you this has been a pretty extraordinary weekend the level of leaks that have come out of the pentagon and also the revelation that the Pentagon may not have even noticed the information for a maybe a two-month period before it was even noticed it had been leaked. Your early thoughts on the damage that our country endured here? Well, I'm afraid it, the damage could be very significant, and I would just uh, caution everybody, we, we don't know the full extent of it yet. Uh, the fact this information was out there perhaps for several months before it got general attention, we don't know that the perpetrators have put everything out. Uh, in fact, there's an awful lot we don't know. And this investigation is going to be very difficult and complex when you get into counterespionage. Uh, it makes a hall of mirrors look simple. It's very, very difficult to know what's real, what's disinformation, what's a false flag, on and on and on. But, but it's clearly, uh, if this information did come from what looked to be primarily Pentagon sources, uh, primarily about the war in Ukraine, uh, it, it's the most serious breach uh, in a long time. And uh, we, as I said, we, we don't know the full extent of it yet. You have for a very long time raised warnings about protecting classified information better. Uh, this goes to punishing leakers who maybe got off a little bit lighter than people would have liked and also creating better and better systems for a more sophisticated hacking world that we live in. Have we kind of had our eye off the ball in some of these security locations? Well, I don't think there's any question we haven't done enough over the years. Uh, it's hard to know in this specific case whether uh, it was one source or multiple sources. There are a lot of anomalies in what's been printed uh, and reported in the public record. For example, the idea that the copies that you have seen pictures of were uh, copied from, from copy machines on A4 paper, which is the European equivalent of our 8.5 by 11. Now, that could have been right. done in the United States. We have A4 paper here. But it certainly is a little strange to think of A4 paper being used at the Pentagon. Is that going to turn out to be significant or not? We don't know. That That's just a tiny example of how complex this investigation could be. Yeah, that's, a, that's it really does. And then again, like you said, it could be smoke and mirrors, too, if it was a state actor trying to hide their tracks. Um, as you look out now, obviously the person seems to, or the perpetrators here seem to have targeted the Ukraine war and our Ukraine strategy and our relationships with Europe. Um, there were some revelations in there that were obviously spying on allies. I know it's not a surprise, but it's always painful when such information comes out. How, ha how do you gauge the reactions thus far from our allies? Well, you know, uh, w without having seen all the information, it's hard to say. Uh, I, I don't have any trouble spying on anybody if we think it's in the best interest right. of our national security. But uh, it's a rare document that says, well, we overheard a conversation between country X and country Y, and here's what their representatives were saying. That's just not normally put in uh, intelligence reports that are distributed or other information that gets around. 
uh, the, our own government tries to conceal sources and methods to avoid exactly this kind of leak. So it's possible this information got picked up not because of uh, an intercept uh, in a particular friendly government, but because somebody in that government was talking to somebody maybe they shouldn't have been talking to in a hostile government, and that's the communication we picked up. Uh, again, this is this is uh, all speculation, but it shows, I think, how hard it's going to be to determine uh, in a very short period of time how severe the damage is. Uh, now, that said, I do not want to understate this. When I first heard about it, uh, as I've seen it play out, as I say, uh, it uh, it really strikes me as one of our worst setbacks in, in a long, long time. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, if I could pivot for a second to China, obviously the Biden administration's China policy has yielded a lot of problems and not a lot of success in recent months. Uh, the Chinese exercises around Taiwan simulating a war, uh, what message should we take from that, and uh, what more can we do over the next few months to show our support and resolve for Taiwan? Well, I think in the in the short term, there's simply no question. We've got to put more uh, weapon systems in that they need. We need to do more training of their troops. I think putting Americans on the ground would make sense, and other allies, Japan, Australia. I think we've got to consider home porting some American naval vessels there. We also need to think long term to embed Taiwan and collective self-defense organizations with Japan, South Korea, Australia, and others. And I must say, we've got to do a better job of keeping the European allies on side. French President Macron, just returning from China, essentially threw Taiwan under the bus, saying, well, uh, we we don't want Europe to be led around and and get involved in an American problem. I I just think that's, uh, that's the kind of behavior uh, that that really that it, it just causes so much harm to our effort to deter China. It's it's really an incalculable and and just uh, completely unacceptable statement by one of our NATO allies. Yeah, and a NATO ally that's been encouraging us to help them with Ukraine because it's a European problem. It's amazing to see the the argument flipped as soon as it isn't in their interest. It's really remarkable. There's been a lot of efforts in Congress to do more on China than the president. I can't remember another time in my 30 years in Washington where I saw Congress try to do more intervention on foreign policy than a president has. Is that just a feeling because Democrats and Republicans are both are worried that Biden just isn't acting aggressively enough on China? Well, I think I think you put your finger on something very important. The, the level of bipartisanship on China is really remarkable. Now, I don't necessarily count on it staying that way, but right. as of now... Uh, there's a lot of agreement, and it's all uh, critical of Bi- the inadequacy of Biden's efforts. And I think people can reasonably say, why is Biden being so weak? I think it comes down uh, to their continued obsession with trying to negotiate some kind of international agreement on climate change. Uh, China is obviously a key actor here. We, we can restrict all kinds of activity in the United States in the name of preventing carbon emissions. It has a tiny effect on Uh, global emissions, because so much of it comes from other countries, particularly China. And the idea that the Chinese would ever sign a really effective uh, carbon emissions agreement uh, really is is totally mythical. And it's an illusion that the administration has followed. But it's so determined to pursue that illusion that I think it's reluctant to take a stronger stand against China on almost every other issue. Yeah, it's amazing. Security gets trumped by the climate, uh, an elusive climate deal. One more thing I want to ask you about, sir, just before you go, I know how busy you are. Iran, the hostility with Iran continues to 
become more and more apparent in the Middle East and Iran, Iraq and in other places, Syria most recently, doesn't seem as though we've escalated very much pressure against Iran, even in the sort of violence that we've seen. What's your assessment of where the Biden policy stands, whether they think a nuclear deal is even possible? Well, unfortunately, I think they, they continue to believe the nuclear deal is, is it's possible to renew. They were uh, reportedly negotiating a, a what they called a pause for pause with Iran. Uh, Iran would stop enriching uranium above a certain percentage, and we would pause enforcement of our sanctions. I mean, on that, we were saved from ourselves by Iran, which thinks it's closer to getting out of the deal entirely. Uh, you know, this is another Biden administration obsession. They're so determined to get back into the failed 2015 nuclear deal that they're allowing uh, a fear of insecurity in the Middle East to spread among our allies, particularly the Gulf Arabs, uh, who, who are looking around and saying, if you can't count on the United States and it's every man for himself, we're going to try and make do here, which is if that if that trend continues, I think it's. Uh, damaging to security for Israel in particular, uh, and for the United States, where we have so many military resources there to try and preserve stability in the region. So the Biden administration on this one, this is their policy at work, and it's failing daily. Yeah. And how concerned are you by the Chinese intervention with the Saudis and sort of brokering a deal with Iran, which I don't think anyone saw coming? No, certainly the administration didn't, and it shows the rise of China's influence and the diminution of the United States. You know, for decades during the Cold War, it was American policy, keep the Soviets out of the Middle East. And we had some ups and downs, but we were we were generally pretty successful. And it should be our policy today to keep the Russians out and keep the Chinese out. And instead, exactly the opposite is happening. Russian influence is rising, China's Influences rising, American influences diminishing. This is a, uh, it has all the prospects for serious setbacks for the U.S. and its regional allies like Israel and some of the Gulf Arab states uh, who, who think this is moving in the wrong direction. They're right. Yeah, it really is an extraordinary time of diminishment of American uh, hard and soft power across the globe. Mr. Ambassador, it's always an honor to get your wisdom, get your input on these very important issues. One last question. I know a lot of people are waiting and hoping to see you jump into the presidential race. Where are you in that process? Well, I'm still giving it uh, very serious consideration. You know, I think most political observers would say this is a pretty strange cycle for presidential nominations <laughs> uh, with a lot of developments we've never seen before, including the indictment of a former president. So however unwarranted it may be. So uh, I think I think we're going to continue to see uh, anomalies and unexpected developments. Uh, and I'm, I'm thinking about it, I think, for uh, not just myself, but for other potential candidates for the Republican nomination who haven't declared I think the time horizon is extending much further out than, yeah. than anyone would have predicted. So I, th I think there's still plenty of time to make a decision. Yeah, that is for sure. Definitely the calendar has changed a lot with the indictment last week. So, sir, it's always a great honor. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, we've got a great interview with Dan Hoffman, the former CIA station chief in Moscow. He has a lot to say about this security breach at the Pentagon. We'll have that right after these messages. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. 
It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free social security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash Just News. That's AMAC.us forward slash Just News. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. I want to keep this discussion going about the leak of these classified documents. So many implications and so many unanswered questions. When we have that, we always turn to our good friend Dan Hoffman, former CIA officer, former station chief for the CIA in Moscow, one of the best security experts our country has ever delivered. Dan, great to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me on the program. We love having you on. Lots and lots of interesting tidbits about this document. I want to start with something that some of the Intel people today have been telling me about. The fact that this was that most of the documents appear to be have been printed on A4 paper, which is a paper not unique in the United States, more used in Europe. Any clues that you've seen and who could be behind this leak or what we might learn about the motives of the leakers? I mean, that's what makes it so hard. You're 100% right when you said there are so many unanswered questions. I think what we know is that someone stole these documents. They were altered, uh, whether they were altered before they were put on the Internet or afterwards, but with an eye towards causing harm to the United States of America. So they were weaponized against us. Now, who did it and how they did it? Was it a malicious insider? acting on his or her own or, or a group of people, or was it a, a state actor like Russia or China by themselves or with a source, uh, most likely with a human source? Uh, we just don't know these things. And honestly, it's like looking for a needle in, in a stack of needles. You know, we usually 
uh, we usually root out the spies because a spy of our own told us who it was. And in this case, we've got an, a counterintelligence flap. And as one of my mentors at CIA used to like to say, it, it, it's just not like fine wine getting better with age. You know, this is this is a tough one. Yeah, every day that goes by gets it even tougher to solve. There is pretty clear evidence now that this started in January, but really we may not, we meaning the United States security apparatus, may not have really noticed it till late March or early April, concerning that, that we didn't have visibility into these platforms where they were beginning to propagate the documents. I guess we should have been asking our teenagers, you know, because my third <laughs> son, is, is, is he's been using Discord to play Minecraft. But I guess, you know, the folks in the intelligence community don't go home at night, uh, you know, <laughs> to play Minecraft games. Yeah, maybe their kids do, but it wasn't a place we were looking at. And the, the concern is, is not just that we didn't spot it uh, when we should have, but that there might be more. Is this the first tranche? Is it going to carry on? Like, we don't have a way to stop it. Um, or to know when it might, I mean, there's just, there's no way that to know, uh, how long this is going to go on. And I think that's another issue of concern. And honestly, the, the third thing that concerns me is that I, I've been around these things. I was serving at CIA we had Chelsea Manning and Snowden and, you know, we put a task force together and it's an interagency task force. We've got FBI and, and defense intelligence agency and CIA among others working with DOJ all these people working on this, uh, this, this massive um, counterintelligence flap, they're not going to be doing the other things that they should be doing. And it's a, it's a zero-sum game. And that has implications for our national security, significant ones. That's a really good point. That's right, because all the energy goes to this can't go to other things where we need to keep our eye on the ball, for which there are a lot. I had a good conversation with John Bolton earlier in the day, and he really harped in on something, which is that there hasn't been enough consequence for people who've done prior leaks to maybe create the sort of preventative measures, the sort of deterrence that would make someone say, boy, it's not going to be worth leaking these documents have we gotten to a culture in our in American society where classified documents just aren't treated with the reverence they used to be? Well, I think that, sure, you know, the White House, whether it's Democrat or Republican, long history of leaking on purpose to serve their political aims. Uh, we got presidents, one currently serving, uh, Vice President Pence, President Trump, who took documents with them out of uh, out of the White House to places they shouldn't have been. Uh, but I think among the rank and file, uh, what I always found is there is kind of a, a, an appreciation for, um, for the importance of, of keeping a secret, you know, especially for folks like me, we served overseas and, and we knew the most important thing was to protect our sources and our methods. And a leak like this with, which occurred here in Washington, DC, I can tell you, there's probably a host of, you know, CIA officers overseas with, few expletives before they got back to work trying to reassure their sources that everything's going to be okay. But, uh, but when you're back here in Washington, sometimes I think you're so far away from the, the super secret, you know, meeting with the, with the source in the Kremlin on some, you know, park in Moscow, you know, that you just can't fathom what it took to get that intelligence or, or the Al Qaeda source uh, that you had to meet in behind, you know, in harm's way. And, and so I, I, I don't mean to disrespect the Washington bureaucrats, but, but they're far away from that, that point of the spear, so to speak. 
And, and maybe they don't, you know, Ambassador Bolton has a point. You know, he's a smart man, and, and, and maybe he does have a point. I don't know what you do. Maybe his idea would work. Uh, maybe we'll never get to, to the point that we should where we do a better job of, of protecting ourselves against these leaks because they're extraordinarily damaging. And, and this one, it might, it's not really a leak. This is somebody who stole documents. They, they committed espionage. So there's a leak where you deliberately leak intelligence to achieve a political aim, okay, or, or whatever your aim was. But this one is pure and simple espionage. The person who did it will go to jail when they find him or her or the group of them. Right. What's been released and what's been weaponized and what's been altered a little bit, can you divine a potential motive? Does it seem like someone that was against the war in Ukraine? Or do you have any guess from what's been leaked what a potential motive might have been? So one thing that stood out to me was that these documents appear to be uh, weaponized with an eye towards driving a wedge between the United States and our allies. So there's the piece about spying on Ukraine. There's South Korea providing us with artillery for onward passage to Ukraine, which is a violation of their law. That's a problem for them. There's Turkey providing weapons selling weapons to the Wagner Group. That's a big problem with a NATO ally. Uh, there's Israel, Mossad, allegedly uh, the leadership encouraging uh, their officers to go protest. The Israelis denied that, but that's a problem. And then you've got uh, Egypt and, and Sisi reportedly um, providing the Russians, think about providing the Russians with rockets. All of those documents, are, I think, designed to drive a wedge between the United States and critical allies. And the, the problem for us is, even if none of that stuff is true, it just kind of takes on a force for its own. And it's the first story that's out there. And even if you try to debunk it, if you're in the State Department, you've lost already. So if, if this is a Russian operation, and the way they run things is 95% of it's true, and then 5% of it is their secret sauce disinformation, you know, then Vladimir Putin has to be enjoying himself because we, this administration, the Biden administration, kind of patted themselves on the back for calling out the, you know, Russia's invasion of Ukraine real time. Uh, but even though we didn't have a policy to deter the invasion that we knew was going to happen, that's a separate conversation, I suppose. But, but Vladimir Putin is saying, hey, listen, I'm the KGB spy here and watch me weaponize intelligence and I'm going to make you people run around in circles for the next six months on this. Good luck. And that's, I think, I, I wouldn't put it past Russia. I'm not, you know, it could be somebody else. It could be China. Uh, but certainly the Russians would have a lot to gain by this. No chance that it's just a dissent or a little chance that it's a dissenter inside the United States government just acting on their own, right? Seems too sophisticated right now. I, I don't see any way the United States, that we would do this to ourselves. If we did, if somebody had the bright idea to do this to ourselves, uh, they, I mean, I don't know what, you know, that person's irretrievably stupid and whoever approved it would be. I just can't imagine that we would ever do that. Now, the Russians might put out disinformation that it was us. You know, they and the Chinese are experts at that. Look at, you know, you go back in history of the Russians accusing us of being responsible for the AIDS virus and the Chinese telling us that we manufactured COVID at Fort Detrick. Uh, so they'll put out preposterous claims. Uh, including, you know, that the United States would commit this self-inflicted wound. I mean, it's just all subterfuge. And, and that's the world we're in. We're in. This is Vladimir Putin's comparative advantage. Cloak and dagger espionage. 
we live in an open and free society where it's a lot harder to get that done the way that, you know, the way that compared to the way that Vladimir Putin brings it uh, from Russia or Xi Jinping from China. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. You had a marvelous op-ed in the last few days. Yes, there is a new Cold War and China started it. I, I think the reminding people of how much aggression China has committed in the, right now I'm under our noses is, is so powerful because they really created this moment. We may not have reacted as well in recent months, but this is an inevitable now Cold War. It's going to last a long time, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Honestly, you know, I was out, I was out running one day and I came back and I just had this like epiphany. I was just, I was thinking about the Reagan administration. That's where I grew up really. And I just thought President Reagan would have, um, you know, gotten behind the bully pulpit and uh, and told our country, our citizens, that we're in a Cold War with China. He would have called them out for being an evil empire and for everything that they are. And you've got to call it out for what it is in order to engage our population. If you want to ban TikTok, you better tell us it's a Cold War because people aren't going to go for that. If they're not, if no one explains to our population what the threat is, in kind of terms we understand, then, you know, it's not going to work out too well for us. So I tried to, I, I thought of all the reasons, the evidence of why we're in a Cold War, and there it is. It's all China's fault. And it's pretty clear, I think, what they're doing to us. But we need to remove the scales from our eyes, as I wrote, and uh, admit it to ourselves, what, what they're doing, and then get our allies on board. What is French President Macron doing you know, in China, cozying up to the Chinese and telling them that Taiwan's not Europe's problem. I mean, not helpful. Yeah, it was a pretty big slap in the face. Just a few months after Macron was telling us how much we needed to help Europe over the Ukraine-Russia conflict, how quickly they forget their friends. That moment, I think, struck me more, not for what China did, because I think China's been doing this, but for how comfortable an ally felt slapping the United States back or ignoring the United States. Have we lost that much ground, even with our allies in the last couple of years? I don't think writ large with all of our allies, because I think we've got some really good ones. I think the French are just always been in a special category of themselves. I mean, you look back at World War II and their performance during the Second World War, that's a pretty good you know, gauge of, of uh, the way they conduct themselves. But I think the French are still smarting over the, over the submarine deal with Australia. And they've always tried to, maybe Macron in particular, because he's got a lot of domestic problems. I think he's just trying to, to take people's attention away from his failings at home and play France as if they could be a global power that they're not. You know, and, and if you look at, at some of the other NATO members like Poland and now Finland, uh, that's a completely different story. And the fact that Finland has joined NATO is a major you know, strategic triumph for us. I think we can thank Zelensky for that. Uh, he's the one who awakened NATO from their Cold War slumber. And I think Finns see a lot of themselves from the Winter War and the continuation where they fought against Stalin's Soviet Union uh, in, in the Ukrainians who were fighting for their lives, outmanned, outgunned, just like the Finns. Right. Yeah, no, that definitely seems to be the case. I want to finish up with something. We had a great conversation the other day with one of your former colleagues at the CIA, the former head of the CIA Russia Analysis Desk, George Beebe. 
And he said that he really looks at America at this moment as having lost a lot of its capabilities to create meaningful diplomacy, to create meaningful opportunities in the world, you know, whether it's through soft or hard power. Right now, no one seems to fear us. No one seems to respect us. And that's an overstatement. But it's made it very hard for us to push buttons to get the sort of results we used to get in the world as the world super cop. I wanted to see if you could reflect a little bit on his thinking on that. He really said, I think we've lost some skill sets that we used to have. Your thoughts on the lack of negotiating power, it seems like America has on the world stage right now. So I think... You know, negotiation arises, effective negotiation from strength. We go back to the Reagan, you know, the Reagan era where we negotiated the best arms control deals with the Soviet Union because we came at them from a position of strength. We were fighting the maybe the best covert action that we can talk about against the Soviets in Afghanistan. And we were confronting them uh, worldwide. And when you do that and you call them out for what they are, tear down the wall, Mr. Gorbachev, you're an evil empire. When you call them out for what they are uh, and you get your citizenry behind you, uh, then you can negotiate. And I think that's what might be lacking right now. Now, look, it's really hard to solve big problems like North Korea's nuclear program or Iran's nuclear program. Successive administrations have been unable to deal with that through diplomacy. And you might argue that those just aren't going to get solved with diplomacy. But uh, but I think George, look, George was a super smart, talented analyst at CIA for many years. And I think he's right about solving the world's problems that way. But I think when you're dealing with ruthless dictators like in Iran and North Korea and China and Russia, it's all about hard power. And, it, and, and it's not really about solving problems diplomatically. I agree with you. We've gotten away from that. You know, Russia didn't think of solving their their problems in, in any way except raining down hell on innocent Ukrainian civilians, uh, tragically. And uh, that's the world we're living in. And that's why we got to get our defense industrial base to the point where we can help Taiwan and, and Ukraine at the same time. We're not there. Uh, and we've got to be on kind of a war footing, you know, and we've got to do better at that. Yeah. Yeah, there's no no doubt about it. When he focused in on the, what he called the diplomatic vacuum, the failure of the U.S. to really achieve things, he said something which is that we can't view China as a friend anymore, and we can't view them entirely as an enemy. We need to view them as a frenemy to realize that there are some points of engagement that could potentially get China to do something meaningful for us. Has China shown any willingness to give us any ground right now? Uh, look, I always felt like our relationships with other countries are kind of like a Venn diagram. There's always going to be some shared space, common interests, counterterrorism, uh, weapons proliferation, basic stuff. I mean, I even, I worked on those things with the Russians. So there's always things that we can do together. And the worse our relationships are, the more we should be talking. You know, that's, I think that's to get to George's point, as bad as things are with China, we ought to be talking to them more and uh, engaging diplomatically and trying to find those those sweet spots, whatever they might be. And and down the road, we may find that there's something greater that we could work on. I know this administration would like to work on climate change with the Chinese, but the Chinese are holding us hostage for other things and charging a big price to work on, on global warming and climate change issues. So, but I, I've always felt like there's there's a sweet spot to work with most everybody on one thing or another. I honestly to be really counterfactual about it, but we used to talk about it at, back at CIA when we invaded Iraq in 2003, 
That would have been the time to reopen our embassy in Tehran. We had the Iranians on their back feet, nervous that we were going to invade Iran and take the fight to Tehran. That was an opportunity that I think we missed, frankly. Uh, We should have had, you know, half a million more troops there to prevent the Sunni insurgency. But, you know, uh, diplomacy has its place for sure, but it's it's better if we've got, uh, you know, a strong defense behind it. Uh, That's when I think it's at its most effective. There's no doubt about it. Dan, it's always an honor to have you on. You always make sense of a very turbulent world and always have some sage advice for where we are and where we're headed. Great opportunity today to talk to you, and I look forward to getting you back on real soon. Sounds good. Thanks very much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, We love having you on. Thanks so much, my friend. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. A big thank you to John Bolton and to Dan Hoffman for some very important analysis about what is going on. You remember what George Beebe said over the weekend on the show. There is a lot of chaos, a lot of turmoil in the U.S. security apparatus right now, whether it's on our strategy with Russia, 
what's going on with China. It feels like our military is overwhelmed and not getting the direction from its civilian leadership that it needs in this moment of crisis. And the leak of documents only adds to that picture. And I think a lot of people are beginning to realize that. And I think another important thing is that we really are in a new Cold War era. No, it's not necessarily with Russia. It's with China, as Dianne Hoffman really eloquently said to us today. We either are going to have to put the brakes on it or we're going to have to live with the consequences of it. And I think when you look at some of the things that China has done, they concealed the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic, right? We know that they were militarizing the South China Seas over the last couple of years. They blocked all, all blocked oil exploration by other countries, interfered with international trade. They're injecting themselves into some of our allies like Saudi Arabia, their business and foreign affairs. They're trying to supplant the U.S. dollar in international transactions and using the yuan instead. There are some really, really important moments in the country's history. And it does feel to a lot of people, like John Bolton said, that the country is sort of rudderless, leaderless. There's not that clarity of vision, clarity of strategy, clarity of message to both our allies and our enemies. And I think that that's the moment that makes everybody so incredibly timid and concerned about it. I think one other thing that I took away from today's conversation, I think is very interesting. Where are the clues to where this leak may have occurred, who may have carried it out, how it may have gotten carried out? Uh, the A4 paper size, which is more common to Europe than the United States, becoming a clue that a lot of people are focusing on. We'll see if that generate some new interest over the next couple of days, but a lot there. Now, before we go, a lot of you have been excited to hear about the efforts to push back against regulations brought by the Biden administration that could get rid of your gas stove, get rid of your gas furnace, get rid of your gas dryer. This effort is real. In some cities, it's already law, right? New buildings are not going to be able to have gas connections without paying an exorbitant fee. San Francisco, New York, Boston, all moving in that direction. That means your energy prices are going to go up and up and up. Well, a lot of you have heard what our good friend Tim Stewart from the U.S. Oil and Gas Association has been saying. He created an organization to enlist you and to work with you, the American people, the American grassroots, to fight back and push back against this handsoffmystove.com. Handsoffmystove.com is the website. You join for a buck a month or $12 a year. It's a great deal. And you get brought up to speed on all of the new regulations, all of the efforts, what they mean, and what you can do to contact your congressman, to contact your local legislators or city council members to fight back on this front and to keep the government out of your kitchen, out of your basement, out of your water heater, out of your home. And a lot of people have been asking, how do I get there, John? I heard about this. It's very exciting. Very simple. Go to handsoffmystove.com. Handsoffmystove.com is an organization stood up by the U.S. Oil and Gas Association, Tim Stewart, and it is designed to bring you up to speed, shine a light on all of the regulatory actions that green groups are trying to take to make fewer and fewer consumer options for you, and then to push back, to harness the collective strength of all of our opposition to this, put it together. There's nothing like strength in numbers. Grassroots, that's what grassroots does. So you, you pay a couple a buck a month, $12 a year. You get involved with this incredible group. Thousands of people are ready to join. We're trying to get many more to go. But this is an exciting moment 
for people who, if you want to be heard, if you want to make sure that you, your children, your grandchildren still have access to a gas stove, a gas grill, a gas furnace, a gas dryer, a gas water heater, this is the time to get involved. Go to handsoffmystove.com. Join today. You'll get a great deal of information and a great ally with the folks at the U.S. Oil and Gas Association. All right, folks, that wraps up our show for today. A big thank you to John Bolton and to Dan Hoffman for their very big insights on this and really looking forward to having more discussion on this over the course of the week. Let's keep in mind that A4 paper may be a big, big clue. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Until then, may God bless you and may God bless this incredible country of the United States, as he always has. We'll be back tomorrow. Good night. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews.